Hi, welcome to the Why and the What Product Management Podcast. I'm Daniel Kahn, and today we're speaking with Aaron Costanzo Cummins, who was most recently VP of Product with Sports Rocket in New York. Aaron is a product management consultant with over nine years of startup experience. We discussed how to explain the value of a dedicated product role within an organization, as well as what to look for when hiring for a product team. Hi, Aaron. Welcome. Uh, Thanks for chatting with us today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate having you out, and I'm excited to hear about the ways that you work with uh, companies in product management. Um, Wanted to start out by asking you, uh, what was your journey getting into product management to begin with? My journey was, uh, you know, interesting. We all kind of probably have our own uh, stories of how we got here. I certainly did not know what product management was when I got into it. Um, I came out of college, worked for a couple small businesses. Um, They were actually food importers, both of my jobs after college. Came out of those feeling like, hey, I could run a small business better than these guys. Um, And so I went for my MBA in entrepreneurship. That's what brought me to New York City and um, came out of that program feeling like I had a good base of thinking strategically about business, business problems, and thinking through solutions creatively, but didn't actually know where I wanted to go with that until a friend introduced me to someone that needed a product management intern. This was a very small role at a very small online dating startup um, with a few of us interns that, you know, really didn't have a lot of experience, but, you know, I made the most of it. That's where I learned what goes into a software development project. You know, you need a developer or two, you need a designer, someone for marketing and someone keeping it all organized. And back then, before I really understood the power of agile, the power of prioritization, I kind of went at this, um, in a very, like, let me track every feature that's ever been in any dating site ever. And it was, you know, it was too much. It was too big. So um, I was able to leverage that role to a more formal product management role where I could learn from other more experienced people. Um, That was actually at a social site some of you may have heard of. It was called Get Glue, where you check in to TV shows and movies and earn stickers, which was very fun. Um, but that's that's really where I kind of honed this skill and learned it's not about being everything to everyone. It's about solving a particular problem and um, focusing on very specific business goals and figuring out how to um, leverage your product to get there. That's yeah, that's an interesting origin sort of coming through it from internship and being able to get into a more formal organization. What were uh, some of the the biggest sort of nuggets of advice that you you got when you moved out of that internship into a into get glue where it sounds like you were able to get a little bit more of a, a formal guide in how to organize yourself as a product manager? Yeah, it was really about the about the prioritization and being the source of um you know, you're a source of sanity and you're that source of um, the, the path from what are these business goals and how do we get there? And I think my biggest takeaway on in that first role would be about the about the focus and the prioritization Know what you're doing and why. And don't let yourself get distracted by all the things that we sh- maybe should do at some point. 
because what's important is getting out an, you know, an early simple version of that core feature that's testable. And then once that's out, you can look at the data and figure out where to go next. But um, yeah, really, really just about strict focus because that focus rolls down to the rest of the team from you. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, focus and tends to be, I think, the uh, <laughs> the biggest part of all of this. It's a huge theme in really all all decision making around business and product, especially. It's you're you're balancing off the needs of so many different stakeholders and priorities. How do you go about um, prioritizing the backlog of features and deciding what that most important feature to build next is? Well, it starts with figuring out what the business problem or that business opportunity is. Um, And then with that, you kind of have the why of the feature that you're going to build. And from there, you can set some goals of what you're hoping to accomplish with that feature. So you have to keep all that background in mind when you're prioritizing. Um, And, you know, it depends on it depends on what it is. You know, sometimes you're just if I was prioritizing a list of bugs, I'm going to prioritize them based on, you know, business value, how many users are they affecting? Um, and then also keeping in mind how easy is this thing to build or fixed. So, um, you know, it's about return on investment. It's about how much business value are we going to get out of this feature or user story based on um, how difficult it is to build. You've worked as a product manager at Get Glue and, uh, most recently, you were working as the VP of product at uh, Sports Rocket. Um, when you're serving in a product manager function, uh, both as an individual contributor where you've been in the past and now that you've been in a, a leadership capacity in uh, the PM space, how do you actually go about explaining the value of having somebody dedicated to product at an organization? Oh, yeah, that's a great question because very often you'll see at small startups that have a tight budget that they don't see the immediate value of that manager because they don't have like a very visible, tangible piece of output as an individual contributor. So, you know, designers have, you know, the designs or the mock-ups that can be very rewarding to a visionary founder who wants to see their thing in real life. And then, of course, the software developers or the engineers that are actually building the thing, they see a lot of value in those roles. So what I like to do is to um, show the value of product management. I try to point out all of the things that the founder is spending their time on that a product manager could handle for them because that founder knows that they should be doing other things too, right? They don't necessarily need to be spending their day running software development. They should be, you know, like outselling their product. Maybe they should be fundraising at the time, thinking about strategically growing the business, um, thinking about the long-term operations of their business. Um, So I like to try to point out product manager is, especially at a smaller place, is going to be able to um, handle the day-to-day project management of the software development and also help that founder um, kind of like hone in on what their immediate goals should be. So a product manager is going to be able to help define business goals, figure out where the opportunities are. Um, They can put time into helping with competitive research. Um, There's just so many hats that a that a startup product manager can wear. So, you know, they're helping with, you know, digging into the background of that opportunity and then helping to formulate what the most efficient solution is going to be if we're going to go build um, 
a software solution for that opportunity. Great. And um, advising startups about growing their team with product resources that are actually dedicated to helping them with uh, product, when would you recommend would be the right time for an organization that's thinking about bringing on product to actually go and make that jump and bring on a, a full-time resource for product? Yeah, that's a really good question because, you know, bringing on that extra full-time person, you know, I, I recognize that that is um, another salary f- for them to cover. And there is a lot that can be done by other team members before the PM is really, really needed. Like you can, um, obviously the founder is very often doing a lot of this. You can have a lead designer, a lead engineer helping with this management as well. So the timing for a dedicated manager is going to be when those people's plates are full, when the management duties are starting to take away from what those other people are able to deliver. Um, You can also look for some red flags and in process not going well, um, are developers often blocked by questions, have the um, requirements on the ticket that they're working off of not being written up properly? Are people often waiting for work? Are people not sure what they should be working on? Um, is the backlog of user stories not properly organized? Like I'll often see developers might not know what to work on because, oh, that next story, that one's not actually really ready. I think I need to pick something lower. Backlog not organized. Um, maybe they're not even in Jira or Asana or Pivotal Tracker. Maybe they're working out of Google Docs and that's just starting to get a little too hairy. Um, if you have a feeling that process is not running efficiently, you probably need a manager to um, come in and be dedicated to that role. And what would you recommend for organizations that are maybe trying to handle this themselves or they've already brought in a product manager, but they're in their first role? Um, what would you consider to be the the core processes that you would put in place if you were joining a team to help them get organized? What is a complete story look like? Uh, where are the common pitfalls for an organization that's just getting started in putting something more formal as a product management process in place? Oh, wow. I could talk about this forever, but this is going to be a blend of product and project management. This is going to be... Um, Step one at the product level, the product manager needs to be on the same page as the founder as far as what the product roadmap is. You're going to have some growing pains around keeping that roadmap um, stable long enough for that product manager to write up some requirements. So, And what I mean by that is cutting down on the last minute requests to try to avoid the like team-wide fire drills to get things out quickly. You want to put in something, put in a process that allows time for the product manager to dig into what those features should be. So um, that is the product management stage of software development. You want to make time for that. And then as far as managing the project downstream from there, you're going to need to implement some like agile scrum types of things. Backlog needs to always be queued up before the iteration starts. Um, Every single user story needs to be detailed by the product manager ahead of time with all the functional requirements for every use case. If this is um, a front end, there needs to be um, designs, like the annotated designs with all the notes on there from the designer. This is a should be responsive 
web page. Um, you need the specs for that included. These stories need to be detailed such that we want to minimize the number of questions that come out of development, um, you know, during the scheduled time for, for the development to actually be happening. So that's, that's the user stories. Um, you want to have these user stories grouped into epics or iterations. You need to have um, a kickoff meeting before we dive into this development-wise so that the software engineers have time to ask questions. You want to carve out a specific space and time for asking questions. Um, you want to include in your process the opportunities for designers and developers to give feedback on what the solution actually is. A good PM will be leveraging these people and their expertise um, because these are the people that intimately know the, the software and what the current technical limitations are. I think that's the core of what you would expect from a product manager at a small organization. You mentioned uh, epics versus stories, and I've been hearing the term epics. I've got some sense of what it is, but as you know, I'm, I'm pretty new to this space myself. How would you define an epic? What is the sort of scope of an epic? So Jira is great because it's so flexible and, you know, that can sometimes be an issue when you're getting everybody onto the system because um, it's so programmable and customizable. Anybody can use it in almost any way. So the way I've historically used epics would be for a grouping of a larger functional feature. Um, so let's say you're building an app that needs an onboarding feature where the user is going to be asked a bunch of questions. Maybe they're going to be asked to like pick a bunch of their favorite movies to part, start building out their profile, that kind of thing. Maybe it's a social app for movies. Um, the Epic is onboarding. The user stories are the smaller pieces. The user needs to enter their name so that their name can be saved and the experience can be personalized. Um, the users should select at least one favorite movie from the list. And, you know, that would include the, um, the UI and user experience on what it's like to, you know, tap on and select one of these movies. Each tiny little functional feature is a separate story. I like keeping stories as small as possible because each one needs to be evaluated um, and prioritizable for its specific business value as it's going to contribute to the larger picture been in so many projects that we start running out of time at the end. We need to get really hardcore about what we're cutting and what we're keeping. Having every little piece as separate as possible makes that really, really easy later. You just pull them out of the epic. And um, you've talked a little bit about tools already, mentioning things like uh, Jira for organization. Um, what other tools do you tend to lean on as your organizing process around product management? I've used... Um, Jira, as I mentioned, um, very flexible, very customizable to whatever your team's workflow is. I've used Pivotal Tracker in the past. Um, I also like Asana, all for the same um, project management of the software development. They're, they also work for um, the team collaboration as far as having there be one source of where all of the resources are for the development. So really just a place to like hold the final versions of the designs. Um, as for the actual collaboration on how the things are created and um, talked about, I've, I've used and I like Basecamp for that. Um, Confluence is also good as kind of like the end sort of like 
wiki for the documentation on how exactly everything needs to behave. It's, it's also what I use to start collecting general requirements around um, a new feature. Slack is a big one. Um, I've, all of my teams have always at least been partially remote and Slack has been a lifesaver around, um, you know, not just figuring out and talking about how something should work, but it also serves as, a, as an archive. So if somebody wasn't around that day, they can scroll back and see, you know, what was that discussion? Why was that decision made? For my own personal um, hit list of, you know, those top few things I need to complete in a day, I use Wonderlist for that. Super simple to-do list, and it, it keeps me focused. Okay. Um, and maybe just switching over to uh, the the hiring side of things, um, when you're looking at other team members to bring on, what sort of things are you looking for in their profile, in their background, if you're hiring somebody into a product manager or a TPM or an APM position? Um, what are you looking for in those candidates? I am looking for the ability to prioritize. I'm looking for... And this, and you know, it doesn't have to be prioritizing development of software features. This is prioritizing, you know, um, life or juggling multiple projects, that kind of thing. Um, looking for the ability to focus on what's important. I'm looking for um, their ability to have a sense of what I'm looking for, which might sound a little vague, but. When you think about the role of being a product manager and how you have to laser focus on on the goals and um, keep a team focused on what needs to to get done, I'm looking for someone who's who's good at um, zeroing in on highlighting on what's important. So I'm looking for a concise resume. So even if you don't have product management experience. If you show me a resume that's concise, fits on one or two pages, and is great at highlighting what's important and giving me what I'm looking for, um, that's a huge bonus for me. So that prioritization is a, a big piece of it and finding some way to actually demonstrate that you've got that capability. Yep. And the ability to work with multiple stakeholders throughout an organization can you know, easily be shown in just about any role with the relationships that they've been able to build at past roles. And being in product, obviously, you're sitting very close to the engineering function within the organization. You're coming from a uh, business background yourself, and it sounds like from what I've found in industry that coming from a technical background is often the more traditional path to product management. Uh, where do you feel like the advantages and disadvantages have been uh, for yourself coming from a business background instead? I like that the business background um, makes it easier for me to remember to think strategically. I think that not having the technical background immediately was maybe a little bit of a setback because you don't always understand the technical limitations of the existing technology or, you know, what might be easily available, what might be difficult. But you absorb that along the way and you can learn the technical stuff. Um, I would say don't let that um, stop you or intimidate you because... Um, you know, these technical solutions, this is the sort of thing that the engineers you're going to be working with love to talk about. And that's something you can bond over. You can ask um, about, you can, you know, you ask them questions and that's going to help build the relationship. If you're um, chatting with these people regularly, their coworkers, 
um, and you show an interest in the stuff they're interested in, you show an interest in understanding what you're building and you're respecting them as experts, that's going to be good for your relationship. So, um, you know, overall, I don't think it's really been much of a setback um, because, you know, the information is there available for you and it's, you know, it's good for you to be talking with your coworkers. That's been, the coworkers have been my main source of, of understanding the technology. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Coming to it really with that strategic mindset, as you're saying, is uh, an important piece to it. So having that as sort of the superpower that you hold in, in your belt is uh, a nice way to think about it. Um, are there things that you've done um, outside of talking with members of your team to sort of work out those technical muscles and make sure that you could have the uh, the conversation in engineering lingo with the uh, the members of the the engineering team and make sure that you're working on the same page as far as requirements and testing go? Sure, absolutely. Um, I tend to Google any word I hear that I don't know. Um, you know, you have your laptop in a meeting and, you know, if a word comes up, sometimes it's some kind of like new library that we're going to be using, or, you know, maybe it's a programming language I haven't heard of for some reason. I'll just Google that thing, you know, just take notes of the things that are unfamiliar and learn from them. I also took a programming for non-programmers, like one night session. I think it was out of general assembly. That was interesting. Um, it, you know, understanding how code is, is structured gives you kind of a little bit more empathy for the people that you're working with that are building your software. Yeah, that's, it's good to sort of broaden that tool belt that you have and be able to have those chats with engineering. So it's cool that you're doing some things that really were actively pursuing that need. Um, something I'm asking everyone that I'm, I'm going to ask you is, um, are there some resources that you would recommend to people in the product management space? What's helped you along the way? So especially because I've been a product manager at smaller places, I do a lot of day-to-day project management. It's really easy to get stuck in the weeds at work. Um, I like to, for my media consumption, try to consume things that get my head into the big picture, keep me thinking at a high level, and kind of remind me to step back um, and remember the high level. Um, Podcasts I like has been Masters of Scale. This one um, stands out to me because they always seem to have like more intriguing topics. Um, They feature companies that you've usually heard of. Um, and sometimes having that entertainment value, maybe it's a famous entrepreneur that, you know, they have on that episode. Um, sometimes that, that entertainment value is kind of what you need to like get, you know, get you listening. So, you know, I'd love to say I listen to several business podcasts a week, but um, honestly, sometimes it, you know, it just takes a little extra entertainment value to get me listening. So that's, that's why I mentioned that one. Um, I like to mention on the other end of the spectrum, medium for being a platform that amplifies lesser known writers. So I like to think of it as like a startup lessons learned blog blown up to include everyone. So you can have different entrepreneurs. Um, it's, it's more um, diverse, I think. And you're getting, you know, a lot of valuable experience from a diverse backgrounds there on medium. Yeah. I found that to be true with medium as well. Um, are there any particular blogs or writers that you found to be particularly insightful? Um, I'll mention um, Ben Thompson's blog, Stratetri. I like for um, his ability to dig into the market and economic sides of business problems that um, I think is 
kind of a fun way to get your head in more like the business case mindset of things on a regular basis. Um, and then I had a couple apps I wanted to call out as well. I already mentioned Wonderlist. Um, I've also been using Headspace, the meditation app, and I'm right now actually doing a prioritization course, which kind of trains you to practice taking a moment and clearing your head, which is a really important skill for anyone who needs to be able to plan a strategic product roadmap, which is very high level, while still managing the day-to-day weedy things uh, on a regular basis. Yeah, that's interesting to think about it from a overall, how do you think about the prioritization and keep yourself in a, a mental headspace around this, which is healthy so that you can be putting your best foot forward and bringing the uh, the best value to the team and the users. That's uh, that's very cool. All right, Aaron, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. It's uh, it's really been great and I uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much, Daniel. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again to Erin for sharing her advice on what to look for when hiring for a product. If you would like to hear more interviews from people working in and with product, please subscribe wherever you listen and we'll be back with another interview soon.